0: Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott.
1: Hello, hope you're okay, and thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, November 16th. Coming up here from former Strictly star Kevin Clifton as he prepares to make his Panto debut in Kent this Christmas. But first, I'm joined on the podcast by local democracy reporter Daniel Essen, who's written one of our most read stories on the website today. It's about how Faversham could become a walking town. The first designs showing how the area's road network could be transformed have been revealed. Dan, thanks ever so much for joining us on the episode. Can you tell us a bit more about what these images show?
2: Those images show before and after pictures, photos and CGI's of some main roads in Favisham and how they're going to look after the construction of a new walking and cycling route which will go through the middle of the town, including a couple new pedestrian crossings.
1: Where has the idea come from?
2: So it's mainly from Faversham Town Council, which is very active, but um, Kent County Council helped secure the funding. About a year ago, the Town Council commissioned what they call a Local Walking and Cycling Infrastructure Plan, which is basically a, a big bit of research on how they can make the town more accessible, specifically for people going through it on foot and by bike.
1: And what's the reaction from people in the town itself?
2: Um, I've spoken to the local business association, and their spokesman told me that they're supportive of any moves which make the town more accessible for people um, and encourage footfall through the high street and the like. However, they did stress that the town council needs to be mindful of car users. is a pretty rural market town, surrounded by a lot of villages like Dunkirk and Osbridge, and a lot of people who come to Faversham for shopping have no choice but to do it by car.
1: I guess, importantly, how much is this set to cost, and when could the changes be made?
2: Uh, so the funding of almost £1 million is coming from Active Travel England, which is a government agency which gives funding and support to projects which encourage people to walk or cycle rather than using cars to get around. Uh, Kent County Council are responsible for all the roads So they'll be doing the work And um, the Town Council tell me that's set uh, set to start In the early months of next year
1: And finally Dan, the designs are going on show Can you let us know where and when?
2: So residents can go and see the full exhibition Of the designs at um, Faversham Town Hall Right in the middle of town Starting tomorrow, which is Friday, November 17th From then the exhibition will be open From 10 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon Um, every day until next Sunday, November 26th.
1: Dan, thanks ever so much. And you can read that report in full and see the images at Kent Online. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and a construction worker's died after being injured on a building site in Ramsgate. Emergency crews were called to the Spitfire Green development off New Hane Road at around 10.30 on Tuesday night. He was pronounced dead at the scene and the health and safety executive has been informed. Two men have been arrested following a disturbance outside Folkestone Magistrates Court. Police were called to Bouvery Road West yesterday afternoon. The suspects are being held on suspicion of a fray. A convicted fraudster from Maidstone has been sent back to prison after scamming new victims shortly after being released. Blake Patterson was allowed out last year after being sentenced for running an online car sale scam. The 39-year-old who lives on the high street was found guilty of running a similar fraud in May and will spend a further two years in jail. A teenager is among three people arrested after an assault in Dartford. It follows reports two men were seen trying to damage a house in Shellbank Lane last month. They were believed to be armed with scaffolding pipe and a machete. The pair were arrested along with a 14-year-old. Police have released an image of another suspect they're hunting. You can see the pictures on our website or socials. Next today, a Kent woman is calling for more awareness of common breast cancer symptoms after being diagnosed with two different types of the disease. A recent survey found 93% of women know a lump could be a warning sign, but the majority couldn't identify any others. Louise Stewart from Tunbridge Wells had a different form of cancer in each breast, neither of which resulted in a visible lump. She's been speaking
3: to Kate. I didn't have a lump that could be felt because it was deeper inside. Um, And, uh, you know, to stress pain is not generally associated with breast cancer at a sort of earlier stage. But whatever it was, it triggered me to go to the GP. And what I would urge people to do is think it's not just about a lump. It can be about any sort of change. So whether there's uh, a puckering in your breast, whether there's a rash, it could be um, an inverted nipple. There are lots of different signs that could be um, a sign of breast cancer. So if any of these seem relevant to you, do, do get checked out because it's not just about a lump.
1: Was it a surgical treatment for you? Was there any sort of chemotherapy or radio radiotherapy or anything like that?
3: Yes, I had... Um, Bilateral surgery, so surgery both sides um, by um, Fiona McNeil, who's an incredible breast surgeon and is part of this campaign to raise awareness um, of breast cancer symptoms and early diagnosis, because that is really key, early diagnosis. We see so much about breast cancer, don't we, in this country in October's Breast Ca- Cancer Awareness Month, etc. And And people think it's, um, it's sort of very treatable. Um, the statistics show that still almost a thousand women a month in the UK die of breast cancer. That's still an incredible number, um, and that's why we need to get people to go and see their doctors earlier and try and get early diagnosis. And because I was diagnosed early, um, I feel very fortunate that I didn't need chemotherapy. I did have a long course of radiotherapy, and then I was on I'm on cancer medication tamoxifen, um, which I'm still on, which is sort of a hormone blocker. So it's for people whose cancers are hormone. Receptive, um, And that's that gives me a peace of mind, if you like, because it's sort of um, like a belt and braces safety. You know, we're trying to stop it coming back. Um, and what I would say to people as well is there have been huge advances in um, particularly breast cancer um, diagnosis and treatment and so I know people are scared of making that first step but the treatment is much better the survival rates are much better than they were in the 70s, 80s etc even 90s so please do um, take that first step because it really can save your life. Kent
1: Online reports.
3: Southern Waters announced plans to spend £1.5
1: billion to try and stop wastewater being released into the sea off Kent. Storm overflows capture both rainwater and wastewater and are designed to stop homes from flooding when the sewer system becomes overwhelmed. There have been increasing cases of them pumping waste into the sea during heavy rain, something the company says we're seeing more due to climate change. The first phase of their investment will see £700 million spent in Kent to reduce the number of spills by 3,000 a year. Keith Herbert is from Southern Water.
4: Firstly, people have um, made it absolutely clear that the use of Storm overflows and untreated releases of stormwater is is no longer acceptable. And we agree with that. So we've launched our plan to phase out and ultimately eradicate the use of storm overflows. So the the map that we've launched today is interactive and it will allow people to look at where the overflows are, but more importantly, what we're doing to fix the problem and when.
0: Now, these storm overflows are obviously designed to protect towns and homes from flooding when there is an awful lot of rainfall, something that we have seen quite a lot of in recent years. How do you stop that happening by stopping what storm overflows do? Well
4: you you have to look at the root cause of the problem and if you look at our towns, villages and cities you'll see roads, car parks, big roofs and driveways and those things replace soil that was once there that would have soaked up the rainwater. And rather than soak into the ground now, it runs off. uh, And in most cases, it runs into our sewer. And that's water that doesn't need treating in a sewage system. Um, And it only serves to overwhelm the system when it rains. And that coupled with the fact that lots of people in the southeast live close to sea level or on floodplains, without combined sewer overflows, properties would flood so frequently that the homes just wouldn't be be habitable. So our plan is to, to tackle the root cause of the stormwater getting in. So we will work with people who own large pieces of impermeable land like local authorities, supermarkets, um, customers who have driveways mm-hmm. to slow down the flow or take it out of our system and our, our basis is, is, is going to be on nature based solutions, things like tree pits, swales, rain gardens to regreen some of our urban areas to almost replicate how the um, the water would have drained away prior to it being covered in tarmac
0: um, As we've mentioned, it's an awful lot of money What impact is that going to have on customers' bills?
4: Well, We we have to work with our regulators to make sure there's a balance between the improvements that people want to see and that need to happen but also take into account the affordability. So we, we have a dedicated team who work with people who struggle to pay their bills and we have four special tariffs. So the message is that if people are struggling to pay their bills, they need to contact and we can help.
0: But bills will be going up, will they, Keith, to, to fund all of this?
4: It's not actually Southern Water's decision whether the bills go up. We submit our business plans to our regulators and they kind of decide how much investment they want to see and ultimately the, the, the willingness to pay the customers for these improvements. But th- there's a likelihood that bills will go up if we want to see the improvements to the environment.
1: Now, as you heard, this will have an impact on bills, which hasn't gone down well with campaigners and customers. Stuart Bourne is from the Lib Dems in Medway. It's
5: not acceptable. We're in a cost-of-living crisis. We, we, people are struggling every day to f- pay their bills. They've had decades to get this investment in. It shouldn't be paid by the customer. It should be paid by the um, water companies, over the years that they've been privatised, it's completely unfair and unacceptable.
1: What kind of damage are the sewage spills doing in Medway and in Kent as a wider picture?
5: Well, we, we, we're unsure of the amount of damage to the environment. It's, it's hard to judge this on a day-to-day basis of how much that's damaged, but it's going to have a huge impact to the wildlife, the waterfowl. We've got to remember around Medway, we're one of the World Heritage sites for waterfowl and one of those key stepping stones for that. We need clean water for that. But not only that, we also have got to look at the, the, the damage it is to um, businesses. Now, around Medway, we have a lot of water sports. We have yacht clubs. We have people who use the river to, as a leisure facility. Those businesses are going to be impacted if you're going to find out that, that it's full of, of sewage and no one wants to go in there. We can see the impact of what happened to Hull when all those competitors got sick from trying to swim in the river. We don't want that seeing that in Medway because that will impact our economy so badly.
1: And Southern Water have today announced £1.5 billion of investment. Is that welcome news for you?
5: Of course it's welcome. Any investment in the net. But we should have been doing this decades ago. And it's it's sad to see that we've got to the state where campaigners, um, from Ferkel Sharkey to everybody who uh, the the surfers have put so much pressure on them, it's finally acted. I mean, it's great to see that they've done it. But it's take, it shouldn't take this amount of effort from people campaigning and and screaming at them to do it.
1: How much confidence do you have in Southern Water to, to be able to fix this issue?
5: I, I I don't know. I don't think I have a lot of confidence simply because th- at the end of the day, they're beholden to their shareholders and not to the public. So they say they're going to invest in this. But if it means the reduction of their profits, reducing their pay to their big executives, reducing the payout to dividends, I don't think they'll go through it. So I, I like to, I like I'm a know, sort of a optimistic person. So I'm never going I'm to give them the benefit of the doubt. But history has shown that they will not do that.
1: Meantime, regulator Ofwat has opened an enforcement case into southeast water to investigate the way they deal with supply issues. There are widespread shortages in areas including Maidstone, Tunbridge Wells and Ashford over the summer. Data shows last year customers suffered an average of three hours of disruption. The company's target is just five minutes. Train drivers have announced more strike action as the row over pay and working conditions continues. Members of the Aslef Union at Southeastern and Southern will walk out on the 6th of December. They're also refusing to work any overtime for the first nine days of next month. Three men responsible for a spate of keyless car thefts across Kent have been jailed for a total of more than seven years. They used an electronic device to capture a signal and steal 29 vehicles from Ashford, Hawkins, Tunbridge, Tenterden, and Maidstone. You can see footage from one of the thefts at Kent Online. Parents say children as young as four have been made to hide under their desks as part of a lockdown drill at a school in Margate. One dad whose son goes to Cliftonville Primary has described the exercise as excessive and terrifying. Kent County Council say drills are carried out so pupils don't panic if there's an emergency. The school's also been contacted for a comment.
6: Kent Online reports.
1: Drivers have been caught on camera moving barriers to get around a road closure in Sittingbourne. Gasworks are being carried out on Church Road in Merston, but some are ignoring the restrictions. SGN say they needed to fix a pipe and have been doing that as quickly as possible. Meantime, business owners in part of Kent say roadworks are causing them to lose thousands of pounds in revenue. It's all because of improvements to the Stockbury flyover, which began in 2021. The local community says it's now trying to fundraise to save a local pub from going bust because many people are no longer going there. A bouncer has helped save the life of a man who was having a heart attack on the bathroom floor of a bar in Tunbridge Wells. Justin Lee says he thought a fight was going on at the pitcher and piano but went in to find the man unconscious. He called an ambulance and gave him CPR before paramedics arrived. Part of Deal Pier remains closed almost two weeks after it was damaged by Storm Kieran. A section of the lower deck is still off-limits due to safety concerns after high waves and strong winds battered the Kent coast. There's no word yet on when it'll reopen. Kent Online News. A Ramsgate woman who was diagnosed with a brain tumour says her three-day headache was initially dismissed as a migraine. Natalie mckenna mountie has undergone surgery to remove 70% of a glioblastoma and has undergone radiotherapy and chemotherapy. She says research into brain tumours is not as well-funded as other cancers and there needs to be more of a focus on finding treatments. It comes as the parents of a teenager from Kent who died from a brain tumour are hoping a foundation set up in her name will continue to help others. Evie Dove from Worth near Deal passed away 11 months after being diagnosed with glioblastoma following a seizure. Since her death in March last year, the foundation's raised £174,000 to support those working in paediatric care. A new multi million pound surgical centre is set to open in Kent, creating around 200 jobs. The orthopaedic hub at Maidstone Hospital will start treating patients in spring next year. It will mean an extra 2,000 knee and hip replacements will be able to be done each year. Kent Online Showbiz. Kevin Clifton says he can't wait to be a baddie in Panto in Kent this Christmas. The former Strictly Pro is starring as Abenaza in Aladdin at the Marlowe in Canterbury. He's not done Panto before and says his sister and fellow dancer Joanne convinced him. Theatre
0: has been uh, has been a massive part of my life, um, but I've never actually done Panto, which is weird because Panto is such a sort of staple of, of theatre. Um, and... I've been to see my, like my sister in, in a few pantos and, and she loves it. Like she, she always has a blast. And and I think she's done Canterbury before actually mm-hmm. um in the panto. And because uh, I was speak, I was speaking to her and I said, I've been asked to do a panto and she's going, okay, which one is it though? What, what Like who are you working with? What is it? Da, 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 da. And I told her it was the Canterbury one. And she was like, I think you've got to do it. You'll love it. it like Canterbury's one of the best ones in the country. Like I loved it when I did it. You're going to really enjoy it. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited to be part of it, yeah.
6: Excellent. Oh, I'm glad she's got good things to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> and obviously you are playing a villain and I don't think many people would sort of associate you with that role from things you've done in the past and your time on Strictly and things like that. So how are you feeling about stepping into those shoes for the first kind of time, really?
0: Yeah, I love it. I think that's that's. <laughs> even more reason for me to do it I think because I love doing things that people don't expect me to do so a bit like I think we did Rock of Ages in Canterbury actually mm. um which is a very different role for me compared to how people see me on on Strictly and it's like I'm, I'm really into taking roles that um that people don't expect of me. Like, I don't want to just do the obvious thing all the time.
6: I always think the villains sound like the best ones to play, the most fun anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be a prince or something.
6: <laughs> Boring. Um, but are you ready to be booed and hissed at, like, twice a day for six weeks?
0: Yeah, I can't wait. I, like, the, the louder they can boo me, the, the better. I'm, I'm a massive wrestling fan, right? So um, I love how, like, when the, when the characters sort of go out into the ring and it's like, the the heels it's like it's their job to like just get the crowd to hate them and boo them as much as possible and it's like I sort of can't wait to step into
6: that a little bit
0: like step into my wrestling heel
6: like you said you visited the Marlowe before with tours like Hmm. uh, Strictly Ballroom and Rock of Ages which I did see both of them at the Marlowe and they're both very very good Um, but how do you think it will uh, compare sort of being there for the whole panto season I mean it's quite a commitment you're going to be there for about six weeks is it
0: yeah yeah which is quite nice, though, in a way, because you can really sort of settle in and it becomes your your home theatre. And, and um, yeah, me and Stace, and we're going to bring Minnie, we're, we're going to be sort of, we're going to stay there for the six weeks, sort of not far away um, from the theatre. Um, and Canterbury's a nice area to do that in if you're going to be somewhere at, at Christmas for six weeks Canterbury's not a bad shout for it so um I think that'll be quite nice and 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 it'll be nice for us to to have have Christmas there as a family and and, and the Marlowe's a nice theatre as well so like yeah be, being being sat there for six weeks I think is is, is good
6: I mean I was going to ask obviously you are a family man now and I know your daughter is still quite young but do you think your family your friends and maybe your sister or People like that are going to come and see you in the show, hopefully. And how do you think that they will feel watching you play the bad guy?
0: <laughs> um, Stace will be just wetting herself the whole time. Um, <laughs> she's, re- she's really up for it. Yeah, my, fam- my family will definitely be coming. I- I've had a few friends say already, oh, my God, this is brilliant. You're, you're going to be doing a panto. I'm going to be there on the front row. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, all my friends and family are sort of really excited about the whole thing. Um I, I sort of, like, stacey will obviously be there. I think Minnie will probably be too young to understand <laughs> what's going on, but she'll <laughs> probably bring her, just, just to see. Um, yeah. I hope my sister will get to see it, but I don't know if my sister's on tour at the moment with Shrek. She might not get to see it, I'm not sure. But everyone else will.
6: But your number one Panto fan, Stacey, obviously will be there. Yeah, so she that's
0: important <laughs> she's already organising bus trips.
1: The show opens on November 24th, The final season of The Crown is being released on Netflix today. Some of the scenes of Charles and Camilla's wedding were filmed on Rochester High Street back in April. The area was transformed to look like Windsor and Dominic West was spotted with film crews. Thousands of people will be in Maidstone later for the big Christmas light switch on. Gary and Chelsea from our sister radio station, KMFM, will be there to get the crowd in a festive mood. It's all happening in Jubilee Square. If you can't make it, follow KMFM Official on socials.
0: Kent Online Sport.
1: Football, and there was no fairy tale victory for non league Cray Valley in the FA Cup last night. They lost 6 1 to Charlton in their first round replay, despite being 1 all at half time. Charlton will travel to take on Gillingham in the second round next month. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories directed to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk.
0: News you can trust.
1: This is the Kent Online Podcast.